Lopate at Large. I'm Leonard Lopate. As our regular listeners know, there are few building issues that our favorite masters of home repair, Alvin and Lawrence U. Bell of Accurate Building Inspectors of Brooklyn, don't know how to fix. Over the years, they've inspired millions of hesitant do-it-yourselfers to take repairs into their own hands. Lawrence, who's the president and chief inspector of Accurate Building Inspectors and has been a regular on our show for the past three decades, joins us now to answer your questions about how to cope with some of the problems that we're currently facing in this time of extreme heat and continuing pandemic. And we invite you to call us at 212-209-2877 with any questions that you may have. And Larry, welcome back to our show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I suspect most of our listeners have been keeping their air conditioners on all the time, which can get rather expensive. But is there any alternative? Well, the only alternative to make it less expensive is just set to set the temperature higher and turn it off when you're not in the space that's being cooled. I mean, that makes sense um, as far as the budgeting and taking the load off of the grid, the New York City or whatever area you're on, the grid there, just to reduce it. Um, but the other thing that will help air conditioning work better is to actually keep, I know we keep harping on this, but keep the filter clean. The, the less work the air conditioner has to do to pull the air through the more cooling you'll get in addition if the coils if you haven't changed your filter for a while or the filter is missing you definitely need to vacuum out the coils and that's easily done with the brush attachment on your air on your vacuum cleaner that will make it work better and also the exterior coils if it's a window unit now again be careful don't be hanging out your 12-story uh, a window and trying to spray water on it but when the when the unit if when the unit is installed in the first place it should be hosed off the exterior part of the air conditioner keep the coils clean and that will get a better exchange but one thing that um uh especially people own homes uh, where there where there's a humidity issue because we do live here in the Northeast where humidity is a, is an issue. We, uh, you know we have a very strange environment here in New York City where in the wintertime we have relatively low humidity and in the in the summertime we have relatively high humidity, and most of that humidity comes from the basement or the cellar. Uh, it, we, there's a phenomenon called stack effect. Not from the rivers and the the fact that we're near the Atlantic Ocean mm, and all. Of no, that? It, I'm talking about interior home oh. in in the house. Okay, we're talking about in the house in the environment in in, in in the context of air conditioning, and uh, the air the moisture in the house is sucked up through the ground, the wet soil, because the soil underneath all our homes all our homes is is moist and wet, and and many people they know if they dig down in their basement floor two or three or four feet will probably hit water. So that moisture is constantly being sucked up into the building, and there's a phenomenon called stack effect where where air moves, warm air moves up through a structure. Well, when it moves up through a structure, it creates a negative pressure or vacuum at the floor or at the concrete floor, which is constantly sucking moisture up through that floor. Well, you got to deal with that moisture, and I recommend that especially during the summer that you run a dehumidifier in the basement. If you run a dehumidifier in the basement... If you have that. Well, you should... Many people live in apartments. Well, I know, but we'll get to them in a moment. Mm. But the people live in homes and they're a lot... Or or are renting a basement mm. cellar apartment... Not a cellar apartment, but a, ba- a, a first floor apartment that has a cellar or basement, a rec room attachment 
running a dehumidifier will make your air conditioning perform better in the rooms you want to cool. As far as the other, um, the people who live in apartments and uh, that sort of situation, then just air conditioning and keeping the equipment clean. And also, when you, if you walk into your apartment and it's really hot, at the beginning, open all the windows to alleviate that heat that is built up in the apartment, even with the air conditioning running for at least 10 or 15 minutes to bring down, to let the air, the if you hopefully have cross ventilation, to get that air to move even, out. Even in the kind of heat that we've been experiencing recently, 90 degree heat, we should still open the windows. Well, if it's, well, if it's 90 degrees outside and it's 110 in your apartment, okay. you're going to get some relief as far as let's bring it down to 90. Um, but if your air conditioning all the time obviously don't do that now the air conditioner in my bedroom window can get quite loud at times i hear it turn on and off and suddenly it comes on and ugh. yeah and this is a new air conditioner have uh am, do i just have to get used to it is well you have a bunch of things going on and i'm gonna actually just push back does it really wake you up when it turns on or does it wake you up when it turns off i always found because i had a window unit uh, through the wall unit and it never woke me up when the air conditioning compressor turned on but every time the room got silent that woke me up so but anyway let's not let's not quibble about that in my case it's uh, <laughs> it's possible that in the middle of the night i just wake up and i start thinking about what i'm going to be doing on my show that day and and then uh, want to go back to sleep and uh. yeah um, the if it is a relatively new unit it could be that it's loose in the air con- in the in the window or loose in the sleeve and the vibration of the unit is creating more noise than necessary uh. a lot of times it would help and 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 there's a lot of caveats here but one of them is if you do have a wood window you can put a couple of small screws at the top of the air conditioner to secure it to that window sash. That way the sash will not vibrate against the air conditioning flange. On the bottom, you could put in these uh, foam pieces that will absorb some of the vibration between between the unit and the window. That's probably where you're getting a lot of the noise, is the vibration between the unit and the window itself. If it's in a sleeve, uh, you could probably uh, wedge in some, again, insulating uh, foam insulation into it, not spray and insulation because then you'll never get the thing out, but the uh, uh, the uh, foam pieces that you sometimes get with the air conditioning unit, and you can buy at a home center or hardware store. And a reminder that you can call us if you want to ask Larry any questions. Our number here is 212-209-2877. It doesn't just have to be about air conditioning. Oh, no. It can be about anything that has to do with uh, your home. Uh, but uh, in the past, the summertime thermostat settings that you've recommended are 72 to 78 degrees Fahrenheit during the day, 70 to 76 Fahrenheit at night. Um, I'm going to readjust gonna that. Readjust I'm going to I'm going to readjust that. I'm going to say that you know we I it all depends on people's you know it's funny for heating. When I'm when I'm when I'm running heating in my home, I set the thermostat to 68. And that seems plenty warm. But for air conditioning, I can't set it any colder than 72 because then I start to freeze. Uh-huh. And it's not the fact that I'm using different blankets or anything. It's just I, I think it's just a, uh, the nature of heat and how it retains in the pipes and how air conditioning. Because m- many people's heating is, 
in the city of New York uh, in the five boroughs is heat that's either steam or hot water. And even though now we're moving a lot over to forced air heat pumps and furnaces and so on, uh, there's a whole thing about changing over to heat pumps uh, completely by 2024, where all new construction has to be electric heating uh, mm. to alleviate some of the greenhouse gases. And uh, but um, it's that's, that's in New York or all. No, all New York them? City, New York City. They're they're mandating that by 2024, no new construction can have fossil fuel uh, heating systems. That being said, um, I think that the steam systems and the hot water systems retain a lot of heat even when they're on their off cycle. In other words, the pipes stay warm, the radiators stay warm. So there's a lot of mass there where with forced air, which is what air conditioning is, except cooling it, um, as soon as the unit shuts off, there's no retention of heat. It just starts warming up immediately. So I think that's why I set my heat thermostat for 68, but I set my my air conditioning thermostat for 72 to 73. But for air conditioning during these hard times, and especially where you're budgeting yourself, 75, 76, 77, 78 is not unheard of if you can manage that and it, and it keeps you healthy no matter what time of day it is. And then there's the concern over overloading your electrical outlets. Yes, um, air conditioning, and I'm making I'm I'm making bunny air signs with my fingers. Air conditioning, air conditioners are supposed to be plugged into a dedicated outlet. A dedicated outlet is an outlet or receptacle that only has one appliance on that circuit. So in other words, refrigerators. The only thing on that circuit is the refrigerator. And if you turn off the circuit breaker, only the refrigerator turns off. And if so that the reason we do that is so we don't overload circuits. Unfortunately, you know, any any building that was built before the 1960s does not have wiring or dedicated outlets for air conditioners. Mm-hmm. I mean, you even see now when I do new construction that you'll even in a in a in a apartment that will have central air in it and they'll still have the dedicated outlet next to the window where the air conditioner might go. And so uh but if that's the case, I don't I certainly I don't mind people plugging in a lot of appliances on one circuit that circuit breaker or fuse protected it's when they start plugging them all into a multiplier at their outlet or extension cords because they'll plug in a whole bunch of things on an extension cord where the circuit itself is rated for 20 amps but the wire itself is maybe rated for six amps so you should never put an air conditioner into an extension cord no you can use an extension cord but only have that Uh only have that uh for one, uh, that one, uh, one uh, that one air conditioner connected to that one extension cord, mm-hmm. and that extension sh- cord should be rated for at least fifteen amps. Mm-hmm. Okay, so amperes is the full word, but us New Yorkers would say amps. So uh, yeah, that's what I would recommend. Don't plug a whole bunch of other stuff on it because it has the multiplier at the end. Okay. And a reminder that our number here is 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877 if you want to speak to Larry U. Bell. Uh, right now we are seeing uh, uh, all sorts of uh, problems. Over, well, uh, in Texas there's mm-hmm. concern that the electric, the whole electrical 
uh, grid may go under because of, of uh, such heavy usage. But even in low, even throughout our city, there are areas where suddenly mm -hmm. uh, people lose their electricity. Yes, but I think that our situation in New York is probably more sustainable because when, you know, we're part of a entire grid of, you know, on the northeast uh, uh, part of the country where there are parts of the country that generate more electricity than they need, mm -hmm. and we take it. And there are sometimes we generate more electricity than we need, and they take it. And it kind of balances out, or to use that phrase, it all washes out in the laundry. Uh, in Texas, they had made a decision that only Texas is on their grid. And when Texas runs out of electricity, they have nothing. There's nowhere to go to. There's no one to borrow from because they're isolated from the rest of the grid. And that was a decision they made for good or for bad. I personally think it was bad because we saw what happened during the winter when they had a freeze and they, they couldn't get electricity from other places. And Ted Cruz went to Cancun. Well, that's a, I, that's immaterial. It makes for a good laugh track. But uh, as far as the people in Texas are concerned and the ones who are suffering when it's hot or cold, I think that, w that was a, 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 a blunder as, as far as I'm concerned. And, yes, we had the problem here during, I forget which blackout, where we had one lightning strike, and it took out the whole Northeast because there was a, a domino effect to the whole system. Yes, that does happen. But you know what? They also got the grid back up within a week. You know, Texas was struggling for how many weeks after that snowstorm? It was, it was unbelievable. Should we take some calls? Okay. Uh Let's go to the first call. BAI, you're on the air. Yes, hi. Um, can you hear me? We yes. can hear you. You want to speak to Larry Bell? Yes, Larry. Yes, and of course to you for your beautiful show. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> Thank yes, you. Larry, hi. Oh, you're so welcome. Listen to it every day. Um, Carol from New Jersey, I'm 76 years old, trying to figure out um, my generator situation. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to run the sump pump. It's just an old little little wonder. I don't know, some little sump pump, and <clears throat> one refrigerator. So I know I have to add up the amp, mm -hmm. and um, and so you know I'm I'm live alone, mm -hmm. and um, I, the customer, well, a certain store named begins with a C had a good one. Um, and it's not real big, so it's a nice one. It's about uh, maybe 4,000 um, whatever. 4,000 watts. And, yeah, watts. Yes. And, but I don't know how. Uh, uh, do I have to run it on my deck, or do you, do you have to? Um, I, I was going to leave it in the garage, and then I have to get one of those um, wheelie things. If I, when I run it, I have to put it on the deck. Yes. And it runs on um, in um, the white container, a gas and the other thing, propane. Okay. So I was trying to run it on propane because for me it's easier. Right. But then do I have to run an extension cord all through the house yeah. to get down to the sump pump in the basement? Okay. There's, yeah. a, there's a couple of things that you could do as far as generators. Generators are they're great if you live in an area where, uh, where the grid is a little bit uh, shaky and you have outage. Right. I, like where I live on Staten Island, I don't remember the last time I had an outage because we all know right. when we have outages because all of a sudden some of our equipment starts flashing 12. 
12. So that's how you know. Um, but I don't, so I don't, I've never thought of really putting one in. The issue to generators is that either if you're going to buy a generator, and yes, you have to leave it on your deck or outside because the exhaust from it will has carbon monoxide and it will kill you. So you have to have it outside, number one. Number two, the appliances that you're going to plug into it, yes, either you have to run extension cords around the house and plug those appliances into it individually, or you have to have an electrician put in what they call a, 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 a crossover switch um, to uh, to prevent the uh, the generator being on when the when the uh, when the electricity comes back on because two things can happen if you just plug it right into your panel and you don't shut off the main circuit breaker if there's an electric if there's a service worker working on the line you can electrocute them. Hmm. This, right. Okay, because then the electricity is going back up the line, and he's thinking it's dead, <laughs> and that, and then yeah, he will right. be dead, and that's not good. The second thing no. is, if the electricity comes back on with your generator plugged into the grid, it will burn out your generator because they won't be syncing at the same pace, and it will, uh, uh, it will, it will, uh, it will crash your generator and turn it into garbage. So my advice to you, a transfer switch, sorry, not a crossover. It's called a transfer switch. And you, you need to have an electrician put in a transfer switch. And yeah. the transfer switch will have the sump pump, your refrigerator, maybe a couple of lighting circuits so you can go through the house. 4,000 watts for a refrigerator, a sump pump, and some lighting circuits should, should be plenty adequate. But I would, I would refer to an electrician to make that evaluation. But that seems like it would be adequate, but it needs to be outside. And, uh, you, and, either, and then you would run a long, high-tension uh, high power cable from the generator to the transfer circuit uh, outlet to plug in the generator to the system, start it up, and then do the transfer switch. Okay, Carol? Yes, thank you so much. Definitely talk to an electrician, Carol, okay? And thank you so much for calling. And let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Speak to Larry Bell. Hey. Hello. Hello, Larry? Yes, hey. Larry? What's your name? Hi, it's Joel in Union. Listen, we have a mouse problem. Uh. These must be genius mice. I have four different types of traps. The standard Victor trap that I caught many, many mice in over the years. Blue trap, that kind where they have to stick their head in. And yep. finally, the poison, the you know, sure kill poison. It's a brilliant mice. If I catch one, I'll send it to a lab for psychological testing. But um, and they're getting big on, on my bait. They know how to they know how to beat the bait. If it's cheese or peanut butter off a Victor trap. So last night I put in a piece of locks. Because one time out of desperation, I used a piece of bacon where you have to pull it because there's a sinew in it. Mm-hmm. And so far it hasn't worked. But do you have any, any insight into, um, into a, a serious mouse problem with clever mice? Well, first of all, I, I'm going to say, one, if you know any of the avenues by which they're coming in, mm-hmm. fill them with expanding foam, like, you know, at at Home oh. Depot, it's called Great Stuff, and just try because they won't eat through that because it really tastes awful. I mean, it's it to get it off your own hands, you got to use nail polish remover. So okay. that it, to fill up any gaps, Great Stuff works really well. And, and it's I'm, called Great Stuff, spelt that way. That's Great Stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, T U 
T-U-F-F. Great uh-huh. stuff. And it comes in red cans or yellow cans, depending on the viscosity of it and how thick it is or whatever. And it works really well. Because I found it worked well at my house when I, before I did my whole exterior siding over to stop the squirrels from getting in. Mm-hmm. So it worked okay. great. As far as the peanut butter thing, I find that peanut butter work thing gr- works great. Better if you stick peanuts into the peanut butter because when they grab onto the peanuts, it, ten- it tends to trigger the trap. So, oh, okay. That's okay. I have some now, the other thing, my uh, good news, bad news. If you have mice, it means you don't have rats because rats mm-hmm. eat mice. So, good mm-hmm. news, bad news. Um, the other thing is that my sister, who owned a house up in the country, um, she found that uh, peppermint um, uh, oil in in uh, cotton balls left around the house would keep the uh, mice away. So yeah, I, some, noticed, I noticed there's a, a mouse repellent. It's all, it's all uh, oils. Yes, and my sister would commercially available. Yeah, and when she would go away for the week or whenever she wasn't there, um, she would go around the house and she'd take a little bottle of it with the in the in the dishes and pour it in all around the house. And she said it really was very effective. Um, the oh, wow. other thing I'm going to ask you, which is really you know I'm not indicting, but what is the attraction into your house that makes them come to you? And if you can eliminate that attraction, you may be able to stem the problem. Maybe he's a nice guy. That could be it, too. But generally, they're not the conversationalists you think they are. Um, they're, 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 they're less like Jerry, you know, than we would think of Tom and Jerry. And so I would think that just uh, try those couple of things. As far as the different traps, I found I found that also grass seed. They love grass seed. And I found that um, uh, I like the uh, glue traps because, you know, it attracts them, but they get stuck to it. You know, and that's the one grass I like. Seed. Grass seed. seed. They they love grass seed. Um, okay. Yeah, so don't keep well. any grass seed in the house. <laughs> no idea. Okay, thanks very much. No problem. And we thank you. A reminder, the number here is 212-209-2877. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hi, this is Lori from Golden's Bridge, New York. Thank you so much for taking my call. Hi, Lori. I really appreciate both of you. Hi. I'm a long-time listener. Oh. Um I spent some My time in. I, spe- I was on Hold a on. YouTube channel. I had a very dirty oscillating fan mm-hmm. that I decided to clean, and I wanted to know how to remove the screws and take it apart. And it turned out he was actually repairing a fan, mm-hmm. and he said, "I'm concerned about this fan because it looks like the motor is dirty. I'm surprised it's not overheating." Mm-hmm. My question is, the fan is 20 years old. It seems to work very well. I wasn't going to unscrew the part to expose the motor, but after watching his video, I'm thinking about it. And, I mean, I don't like to toss things if they're usable, but how do you really know with an electronic appliance when it's time to say goodbye to it, Well, even if it's working? Well, with a uh, with a with a fan, the the fan is not. I'm not going to call it an electronic device. It's an electric device, um, because okay. there's not a whole lot of electronics in it. Um, right. So the biggest thing with 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 fan motors is how clean the uh, brushes are against the uh, against the winding or the winding motor, and if they're clean or not, and it. Basically, if you're going to take it apart, the thing you're really going to be doing is if you have some compressed air to blow out all the dust that's in there. Now, I'm going to say when you take it apart, 
if the uh, brushes fall away from the motor, they're sometimes hard to get back in. I'm not sure. If you visually look inside and it's not horribly dirty inside that um, compartment where the motor is, I'd leave it alone. And just clean the blades and just clean the grill and keep all and blow out whatever if you could blow out any of the dirt with um, with with compressed air that will totally help the uh, the function of the fan. So uh, that's what I would recommend. By the way, I would have never thought of the compressed air. Yeah. By the way, on a side note, I spend a lot of time up in Goldensbridge. Oh. Yeah, we have friends. That's in Westchester. Yeah, it's uh, it's right above Katona. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like the area. Very nice. Beautiful. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you for your call. We have another call, right? No, no, no. We don't have any more calls at this moment? Not right now. Okay. Okay. Well, let me give out that phone number again. It's 212-209-2877. More calls are coming in. 212-209-2877. It's interesting that we started off talking about air conditioning, but... The calls have been about a lot of other things, and yes. and I think that's great. <laughs> right. Well, let's see. You know, we. You know, the topic of the day is that you know you walk outside at you know at at eight a.m. and it's like eighty-five degrees <laughs> already. Yes. Yes. And so uh, you know, this is this is the world we live in right now, and hopefully we can hopefully we can manage this. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say is about humidity. Also, is that. If it's too humid in your space, it's hard for your body's natural uh, biology and natural cooling system to work. And the fact that when your skin is is more dry, it will the moisture will evaporate off of it. If we're in a very humid environment, it's hard for your body to cool down. Well, most people will take showers when they feel too sweaty. How many showers can we can you take? take? But here's another trick. I have to say that lately I've started cycling again, and uh, I find that my to, I've, to keep my to keep myself you know my I to my I ice my knees after I ride, and I find that the uh, pad the ice pads that I put around my knees cool oh. off the rest of me also. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So also putting your hands on the cold water in your wrists will cool your whole body down because a lot of blood circulates through your wrists, and so that's another trick. That's great or just sticking your hands in ice. You know, or just peel a lot of shrimp. That'll do it, too. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Let's take another call. Okay, BAI, you're on the air. Okay. Hello? Dolores. Hello? What's your name? Yes, hi. My name is Dolores. I'm calling from Rockland County, New York. Where in Rockland County? I used to live in Valley Cottage. Oh, super. I'm actually, well, I'm in, actually in Nanuet. Okay. Not far. Don't throw away. So, love Leonard's show and um, delighted to hear your guest today. I hope this question is in the realm of something you can answer. Um, I'm planning to relocate to Europe. Uh-huh. And I have, as one does, uh, several electronic devices. Yes. So, but of most concern to me is I've amassed a number of WBAI DVDs in, in the past. And I'm wondering, well, if I take my DVD player so that my current DVDs can be properly played, because I fear that playing them on European DVDs won't work, will, will the, my American DVD player work there? 
or at, how does that work for all the other electronics, lamps? Wouldn't well, DVDs know. play just as well on a European DVD player? Well, the they? question is, does she want to yeah. does she want to bring her DVD player with her? Yeah. The thing you have to do is a couple of things, and also, will you have a TV for them that will play them? There because because we use yeah. two because we use uh, no twice same color uh, what is that no uh, NT. Uh, SC uh, NTSC system of 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 television, then they use PAL or PAL one or two or what whatever, and so it may not even play on the TV set that you have. So you may have to bring your own TV. The question is, is if you read the bottom of the uh, of the uh, device, it'll say like a lot of your plugins for your computers on the uh, on the uh, power the power adapter. If you look on the bottom of it and you read it, it asks, most of them say 120, 240. So you don't even need, you could just plug it in to a 240 outlet and it will work. Um, all you need is just the adapter to change the, the plug configuration. But if the DVD player says it's only a 120 unit, then you have to have a, uh, a an adapter that's a converter that converts from one from 240 to 120. They're, they're not expensive, are they? No, they're not horribly expensive, but it's more electricity that you're using in the conversion process. So there's that. Um, and so the other question that you asked is, will the DVD player play on a European uh, a European DVD player that I could not answer you because I have no experience with that whatsoever it's uh, it's be, as we like to say in my biz it's beyond the it's beyond the area of my expertise and so that I would just uh, talk to a uh, I don't, I don't, a video person who a video expert who has some knowledge of European video okay thank you okay and thank, thank you, you both. And you are listening to Leonard Lopate at Large on WBAI New York 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org. Hey, baby, I'm your handyman. I'm not the kind of user pencil or rule. I'm handy with love. back with Lawrence Hubel of Accurate Building Inspectors of Brooklyn, New York. He's a regular contributor to our show. And when he's here, we take your calls on home issues, home repair issues. And uh, the number is 212-209-2877. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello? Yes. Hi, it's you. Hey, what's up? Hi, my name is George from Mount Olive, New Jersey. Okay. Mm-hmm. And a simple question. If you have an answer, it should be a simple answer. Hopefully. Um, I'm trying to take the toilet tank off of the toilet bowl itself, and there are two wing nuts there holding it on. Right. I got one wing nut off using my hand, which you're supposed to do. The other one on, it was too tight, and I cannot, after many, many tries, get it off with my hand. Are you aware of any kind of a tool I could get to help me get that wing nut off? The bolt's coming out of like an inch and a half or so, so I can't get any kind of a socket over it the way it is, what, what I have right now. Can you... Uh, and, and, and Pliers? You, no. Hang on. When you turn it, the, uh, the, the bolt turns also, right? Is that the problem? No, I, I cannot turn it at all. So have you tried just... Oh, 
And you can't, well, yeah, you don't have any long throat sockets. No. Okay, no. that would be that would be the the trick is to get a long throat socket. Or um, I'm trying to see what what I do. Um, what is a long throat socket? Well, a long chair. And, and most sockets are about mm. about an inch or so in length. A long, uh, okay. a, a, a deep well socket is like two or three times that length, so it makes accommodations for the bolt for the bolt sticking up above the nut. And so, uh, in your case, and there's a wing nut. Um, they do if, I, if I if I obtain a long throat socket, do you think it would grab a wing nut? Well, I, there are actually special uh, 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 sockets for wing nuts. Um, okay. Yeah, which will you know, which will uh, accommodate for that. But what I would do is I would take the wing nut you already got off, go to the hardware store and fit the socket for the wing nut specifically. And that way, the socket will 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 hold it in place, and you will be able to get it off that way. Or if you can, from underneath, just grab it with a with a needle nose pliers or a vice grip and try to turn it from one of the wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have tried both of those. But you, I'm sure and, you have. Yeah. Well, you know, I was just thinking if somebody just turned on the show and they heard us talking about wing nuts, throat, throat sockets, and wing nuts, they'd say. Mm-hmm. What <laughs> what planet is this show coming from? And the other thing that I would recommend is if there, it, what would also might happen if you can get some of that, um, oh, what's the name of it? The the, uh, the uh, easy off, um, not easy off, but it's a uh, an application. Yeah, I use like a liquid wrench. Liquid wrench, keep... thank you. And yeah. and have you tried tightening it a little and then loosening it? Uh, well, I did spray on the liquid wrench, and I'm afraid, you know, to make it tighter because I can say it's quite tight as it yeah, is. Yeah, and you don't I want just, to crack the bowl. Right. Yeah, right. I couldn't I, make I, any progress. Yeah. I did go to uh, Home Depot and told, told them my problem, and they showed me something which I thought was going to work because it was a long socket, and it had, like, at the end of it, it wasn't open, but it had, like, pins, like, in it. Yeah. And so it would fit over the wing nut and get it off, which would be fine, except for my problem is the bolt was too long. I didn't realize it in the store. It yeah. just still doesn't reach down far yeah, enough. Let me ask you a question. I, uh, are you able to cut off the end of the bolt? Well, I'm afraid to do that because I'm afraid that, you know, I will then disturb the threads and that might keep the wing nut from coming off. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, no, I, I didn't there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I would try that device that you bought was great, except like you said, it didn't make accommodations for the bolt right. that stick down. Um, but a, a longer socket that would fit the wing nut would probably work the best. Yeah, and that's a good idea. That you had bring the wing nut I have to make sure it's going to grab onto oh, the socket. That's that's a must when ever going to home home stores. Take the thing you already have that yes. works. Yes. <laughs> Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Lots of luck to you. Sometimes the problems are really difficult to resolve. Right, because a lot of times, uh, a lot of this, uh, the equipment in our homes, you know, there's that philosophy, ain't broke, don't fix Mm. it. And, you know, it could be there for 30 years because it's held up. And then all of a sudden you do need to fix it. And now it's corroded and rusted and frozen in place. And, you know, they do, you know, it's funny because they do make a device called a nutcracker. And, I, and it doesn't. That's sweet. And it, it is. And, and basically, to get a nut off that's frozen, you, you take this device and you tighten it up on the nut and it cracks the nut and then you can take it off. But then that nut is garbage. And usually uh. the bolt also that you've taken it off of is garbage, but at least you've gotten it out. So uh, the, this is not an unusual problem. 
We're taking your calls at 212-209-2877 for Lawrence Hubel, who is the President and Chief Inspector of Accurate Building Inspectors of Brooklyn, New York. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hi. Hi there. Okay. Greetings, Larry and Leonard. This is Nate. It gives me pleasure to say formally from Williamsburg. And uh, I have a uh, multiple AC problem, not involving the AC itself. But the outlet that I have seems to have a 115 outlet cover and 220 wiring. And uh, the unit that's in there is gone. And I have to replace it, but the sleeve mm. in the sleeve is totally rotted out. Hold, hold on. So I have a multiple problem. I don't know how to replace okay, the so, sleeve. So the outlet is a 220 outlet or it's a 110 outlet? It's a 110 outlet, but the wiring is 220. Mm. Um, well, that's, I'm going to say, well, when you're saying the wires, right now it's a, it's a conventional, let's throw with the outlet one first, we'll deal with the sleeve second. The outlet, okay. if, you, if you plug in, can you plug in any other appliance to that outlet and it will work? Mm, yes. Okay, then there are three, so in other words, there are three wires in the box, but only two of them are being used. I believe so. Yeah. yeah, so that doesn't matter. Uh, uh, if you're replacing it with another uh, 120 uh, device, then that's fine. Because um, uh, I you did mean, the same. Uh, can I replace it with a 115 or a 220? Well, well, it's 120 or 240, but let's not quibble about voltage. Uh, what well, we all used to call, when we were kids growing up, it was 110, 220. It made it very easy, but then it changed to basically 120, 240, um, or uh-huh. 115. They're all the same. Um, if you could, you could replace it with another 115 or one or 120 uh, appliance, that would work great. As far as um, as far as the sleeve is concerned. This is, is this an apartment that you rent, you own, or is it a house? It's a, uh, it's a cooperative. It's a co-op. And so the sleeve yeah. that's there, and so you're responsible for the apartment. That's something I would actually refer to the management of the building. If the sleeve is deteriorated, I'm not sure where the ownership of the sleeve is because, you know, co-ops have that crazy uh thing that says a crazy codicil that says you own everything from the paint in well i don't know what the sleeve is because the sleeve seems to uh, transverse that paint in and paint out uh transition it's that you know it's that blurry line so i would call i would talk to the management and say are they responsible for replacing the sleeve um if the sleeve needs to be replaced and it needs to be replaced if they're not going to replace the sleeve um, uh-huh. You know, then you have to make do with the sleeve that you have, and uh, but it's totally, it's like totally rounded out. In other words, there's a steel plate there that's mm-hmm. yeah, I, hole I, and rust. I I get what you're saying. So I think the next move is to talk to management and see what they have to say about the condition that you have there with the sleeve, because you need to replace your air conditioning. You can't live without air conditioning. Um, and so get to them first. I'm also going to say that probably the sleeve that was put in there, I'm just guessing, was is mm-hmm. probably an old fetters sleeve, and fetters doesn't exist anymore, or you can't exactly. find fetters air conditioning. So you got to find adapter sleeves to fit into 
to that. They may replace it with a different sleeve that would be more conducive to newer air conditioning units. Okay, thanks for your call, and good luck. Yes. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello? Hi. Hello? Yes, on go on. Air? Yeah, we're Hi. here. We're all here. Uh, yeah, I have, like, I left some fruit out, you know, bananas mm -hmm. and uh, other fruit, and I left it out for the weekend, and I got a lot of gnats yeah. in the house, and I can't get rid of these guys. So I'm going to say first, so I'm going to say first, obviously, get rid of the fruit. Huh. Leave no fruit on your counters um, ever these days, especially during the summer when it's so hot, even though I do love letting my bananas really get nice and ripe so I can make really nice banana bread. Uh, me and my brother, we have banana bread competitions. Um, uh, but, yeah, you can't leave them out during the summer. Because can you put them in a closet? With a well, they'll door? find the closet. Huh? They'll, they'll find the closet. Oh. The gnats, now you'll have your clothes with uh, bananas, smelling like bananas, and gnats uh, in your clothes. Okay. Um, yeah, so, how can we get rid of the gnats? Okay, you know, I'm going to say... all over the place. Well, well, one thing is I have to say, which works really well, and it's kind of gross, but I'm going to recommend it anyway, are those uh, 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 insect strips. You know, they, uh, you know, they come in little rolls. You pull them out. They're like, you know, they're like... Uh, uh, a, a fly fly strips and you hang them around and it tracks them and they'll stick to it and that'll get rid of them the second thing is i love the electric fly swatters where you have a button and you hit it and they go and it really fries the insects and the flies and everything and that's one of the fun things me and my daughter does uh, <laughs> when we are really bored out of our gourds and we go around the house uh, with the electric fly swatters and it's just really fun uh, and eventually they will dissipate on their own because they'll no longer have a reason to be there because all the food that they were, they were eating has gone away. Um, also, you know, so that's the two ways to deal with it is I don't want to see you, like, spraying insect uh, repel, insect uh, spray inside your house because that could cause a whole bunch of other health issues. So I would say right. fly swatter and, and, and fly strips. And unfortunately, he has to sacrifice his love of bananas for the moment. Or, oh, man. Yeah, or, yeah, or just, or actually, if you're going to keep them. Keep them in the refrigerator. Or keep them in a bag. Oh, keep, you know, oh them, that's good. Yeah, just keep, keep them in a bag. Keep them in a plastic bag and Close. just seal it and just let them ripe that way. It might actually yeah. ripe quicker because my wife was a big fan of putting avocados into paper bags to make them ripe quicker. Because uh, the CO, the CO two, and everything seems to make things ripe quicker. So, that, okay, okay. All right, well, thank you. Bye. Well, we thank you for calling us, and we're going to take another call. BAI, you're on the air. How, how can we help you? Hello. Yes, Hello. it's you. Okay, this is John from Queens. Hi, John. From Hi, Queens. John. What I want to ask you is this: I'm looking for the. You know, when you have an automobile, you put on that. They give you those. Uh, Things to put in your in your in the front of the car behind the window to keep, and they're silver. Okay. Yeah, you mean to keep the sun out? Right, exactly. Okay. See, I know what I know what our people are thinking. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of basically getting that in rolls, if possible, but I don't know where to get the rolls. Oh. Um, I can get rolls of that fabric on both sides, if possible. And where are you going to put it? Just questions. I'm going to put it on on the back of. Uh, or plywood or something like that, very thin plywood, and put it into every window. Oh. Well, I don't know if you need to put the plywood part, but you can buy, actually, which is just as effective as that, 
is um, it's called uh, fo uh, foil foil insulation. You get it at, at Home Depot or Lowe's, which is basically bubble wrap covered with foil. Okay. And it's you know and we you know it's called it's actually radiant. Uh, radiant heat insulation it bounces heat back so it's not okay. like it's not like fiberglass which is conduct no, no, conduction insulation this is sure. okay. so yeah look on it's a foil bubble wrap and you'll what? see and you'll see it uh, on either you can see it on mail you know mail order thing mail order uh, websites or you could find it at Home Depot or Lowe's or any other home center uh, those ha definitely have it and they come in different uh, widths whether it's one foot two feet three feet four feet five feet whatever and you can just staple that up or attach it to the plywood I don't know the plywood will make it rigid but I don't know if it's going to create more insulation value okay maybe it would be necessary I hear yeah. you like Mason would be lighter and easier and uh, right. or even card or even cardboard right yeah cardboard makes sense yeah it's just uglier that's all I, yeah i've used it also behind radiators steam radiators. right and i used it i use it underneath my kitchen radiant floor heating system to reflect the heat back up nope. into the floor right okay right yeah <laughs> i know it's just too old for that another quick question yeah I have squirrels in the attic. Any suggestions for that? I think they're very consistent. Yes, yes. Get a squirrel. Get a squirrel trap. Yeah. And, and put, like I said to the earlier call, if you were listening, peanut butter with peanuts pushed into the peanut butter, and then that'll trip the uh, that'll trip the, uh, the the trap. I have to say there is a humanitarian issue with squirrels. Mm -hmm. I felt that you have to drive them really far away or else they'll just come back. Other people say mm -hmm. if you do that, you're sentencing them to death because they won't have their nest, and, uh, and uh, there's a whole thing there, and they might die mm -hmm. wherever you put them. You, well, ma you, ma you make the moral decision. Uh, that's above my pay grade in, in life. Okay? I do it with raccoons, you know. The, the New York City charges. If I go for a professional trapper that is licensed, yeah. the, the city charges like $1,500 for each raccoon. Yeah, but you're not allowed to kill any of these things, so I don't that's recommend right. that either. So, a lot of things you're not allowed to do. I know. Thank you but, so much for calling us. Thank you. And we're going to go to another call here. Okay, just a reminder, our number here is 212-209-2877 if you want to speak to Lawrence Hubel. Hi, you're on the air. Well, Larry, to my close friends. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Speak to Can Larry. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Hi. Um, the issue of uh, critters. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm, this is Rose calling from western New Jersey. Um, there are many things that need to be looked at. First of all, there's nothing better than cats. You do not want to have any poisons of any right. type in a property because if it gets between the drywall or even old construction and they die in there, boy, do you have a stink oh, and yeah. an expensive mess on your hands. Tell me, sister. The presence of a cat... <laughs> First of all, it can be quite an amusement thing for them. I, I had a short hair who was, I had, I've been very mm -hmm. fortunate to have wonderful short-haired cats. And they do their thing. But also, too, in relation to critters on the outside, up in the attic, with this, uh, the smell of cat poop in the litter uh -huh. is repellent to squirrels. I mean, you, yeah. mice, everybody. Yeah. So when you start to, you know, seal up the place, put a scoop full of dirty cat litter around, and it will it keep 
the, yeah, you everybody away. And if and 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 a person as a, a I'm a previous cat owner, a couple of two or three cats, and right now I'm between animals. Um, but uh, I have to say that they are very effective killing machines. Unfortunately, some people are allergic to them. Well, yes, that is a problem. You, you have to take them to get, get them washed. And I don't think those Sphinx cats are as effective at mousing as the short hairs that we are speaking yes. of. You know? Yeah, the, the old tabbies are wonderful. And the, you know, the, yeah, that is a the problem. Tuxedos. Yeah, but as I say, it, it just, it's just, it's the humane way of dealing with them. Uh, I grew up in the boondocks, yeah. and um, I empathize with people who live in this city, or, I mean, they, you know, you can get them anywhere. They, I live yeah. in a in a uh, garden apartment here and if you have a pet they charge you an extraordinary amount of money to get a deposit and every month you pay extra when the cats really do the job yeah and then they they'll, they'll pay some guy to come around who he kind of counts the boxes out that he gives to you mm-hmm. for the sticky traps yeah i don't know well listen guys thank you so much wonderful to have you on bye take care Hi, thank you for calling us and let's take another call for larry ubell hi you're on the air hi. Um, I don't know. Am I? Is it really me? Yes, it's you. <laughs> it's still you. <laughs> okay. Listen, guys. I've laughed so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My endorphins are, are very healthy. <laughs> okay. Good. Okay. Nat. Listen, guys. As far as nats are concerned, somebody gave me a plant with like a little butterfly plastic um, adornment. Yes. And I don't know where the heck they got it, but it it attracts all these gnats, and it's such a pretty thing. You put it in a plant, and it attracts. Every gnat in the house. And, so that's kill, and th- does it kill them, or just they all hang out well, and have they, a party? No, <laughs> no, they stick to it, and oh, good, you know. So it's similar Everybody. to yeah. It probably has some kind of sweet um, odor to it that attracts them, similar to what I was suggesting with the fly strip, which is not as attractive as this butterfly. But yeah, that seems like a great idea too. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It really is. A, yeah, you. Oh my God, you guys are wonderful. Thank Listen, you. and then I'm, I'm highly allergic. To, um, the cats, but I'm going to try the poop because my friend uh, has a, a cat. Maybe I can get yeah. some poop from him. Yeah, and actually, and, then, um, and that's also an important thing for people who are, this is some, because my daughter's a vet, so I know a bunch wait, of Wait, wait, so, so the these various animals they smell the cat oh poop, yeah and they say oh boy uh, oh, i don't no, want to go wanna, there they know what that is because because <laughs> it, it, it here's the crazy part we all talk about avian deaths about birds flying into buildings the biggest killer of birds is cats uh, you know yes, after it's like yes. ridiculous it's like cats is like 70 percent of bird deaths and then the rest of it is all the other stuff. And so, you know, cats are very effective killing machines. And it's so cute that they will go one minute, they're killing something, and the next minute they're rubbing against your legs and saying, love me, you know. <laughs> I love you guys. You guys are great. Listen, Thank you. I, I also want you to know that electric heat is so expensive that I had neighbors. I'm in Westchester. Yeah. These houses were gorgeous, and all these houses were literally abandoned. In this development? Well, when were, they, when, when, when were they... Hang on, hold on, hold on. When were these buildings built? Oh, no, this was a long time ago. Yeah, oh, the different... Okay, let me make... There's a good clarification. Two different kinds of electric heat. Electric resistance heating, which is electric baseboards or electric furnaces, very expensive to operate. Very expensive. Heat pumps, which are basically air conditioners, theoretically, 
Like you put an air conditioner or a window, well, in the wintertime, you basically turn the air conditioner around, so now you have heat on the inside and warmth and cold on the outside. That's a heat pump, but it does it with reversing valves. It uses the mechanical mm. advantage, and it's much more efficient and effective, and many companies have been pouring a ton of money into it, making it more efficient and effective. And so. we have to oh, leave wow. it there. Yeah. Unfortunately, we have to leave it there. Believe it or not, it's been so much fun, but we've run out of time. We have. I've been speaking with Larry Ubell of Accurate Building Inspectors. He is, in fact, the present chief inspector of Accurate Building Inspectors and a regular contributor to this show. And we'll probably see you in a couple of months Hopefully. when there'll be a whole bunch of other and problems. We'll, and we'll tell all of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut how to go forth, fix, save money, and do it safely. And that brings us to the end of today's show. If you'd like to check out more about one-hour interviews on one subject and call-ins like we had today, you can access our archive of over 600, 700 shows at WBAI.org or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else that podcasts are available. You can also find us on Twitter. And if you'd like to reach me directly, my email address is leonardlopate at WBAI.org. Right now, I need to ask you to consider stepping up and supporting WBAI as we struggle to stay afloat during these difficult times. We're asking all of our listeners who haven't taken that step already to make a tax-deductible contribution at whatever level they're comfortable with by going online to give to WBAI.org or by calling 212-209-2950 right now to keep the unique in-depth content we bring you on the show coming to you weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m. That's give and then the number 2, WBAI.org or 212-209-2950. You might also consider becoming a sustaining member, what we call a BAI buddy. And we're offering a number of perks, including a WBAI tote bag to, to everyone who signs up to become a BAI buddy for $10 a month or more. Uh, again, you get it by calling the same number, 212-209-2950, or going online to give to WBAI.org. But either way, I hope you'll call right now because WBAI relies 100% on listener donations. We don't take ads or foundation grants, which allows us to be completely free speech radio. Um, if Leonard Lopate at Large is part of your daily routine, why not keep it going for someone who's just discovering it? Again, the number, 212-209-2950. Go online, give to WBAI.org. Help support independent radio. And don't forget to make that tax-deductible contribution in the name of Leonard Lopate at Large. And from all of us at the station, we thank you very much and hope you'll join us tomorrow when Robert Jensen will discuss a new book he's co-authored with Wes Jackson called An Inconvenient Apocalypse. We'll see you then.